This is Doray Olalia, and you're listening to episode 83 of the Before the Man's podcast. Drop the beat. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. We're back for another installment, another episode of the world famous <laughs> Before the Millions podcast. And guys, we have a really, really good episode in store for you guys today. So I'm super excited to get to it. It's crazy because this episode, first off, we're interviewing Mr. Paul David Thompson. And me and Paul have very similar backgrounds. So in this episode, we're actually kind of walking through both of our stories kind of side by side. I mean, I'm interviewing him for the most part, but I'm interjecting that every chance I get and kind of just comparing our stories uh, just kind of side by side parallel because they're so similar. Paul started investing a little under four years ago, and I started investing a little under three years ago. So you guys are listening to two fairly new investors who've built, who've been able to build up their real estate portfolio, who've been able to start a real estate business and who are really up and coming. And I'm speaking more so about Paul. Uh, he's been featured on Bigger Pockets. He's been featured on tons of podcasts. He's really blowing up, but you're getting to look at some really up and coming real estate investors, real estate entrepreneurs. You know, myself recently, actually yesterday, I was nominated and presented an award for a top 20 rising star uh, in my city in Houston, Texas. So that was pretty cool Um, just to kind of be on stage with some of the best minds and brightest young up and coming entrepreneurs in the city was amazing. So um, really grateful for that and really excited for 2019 and what we have in store because we're just scratching the surface. We're just getting started. And similar to Paul, he's just getting started. Like this is the world is our oyster. And I I have this episode here for you guys at the end of 2019 because because we recorded back in August. But you're listening to this shortly after Thanksgiving if you're listening to this when this episode first releases because I want to show you guys the power of some of the more greener investors and what they've been able to achieve and kind of give you some inspiration toward that mindset. We talk about a lot about mindset on the show. Um, what's crazy about Paul is that Paul and I actually have the same exact mentor. And I'm not talking about a real estate mentor. I'm talking about a life coach mentor. And we hit it off the bat very, very early, having never spoken to each other before. But because we have the same mentor, we have a very similar business model. So it's crazy. Paul actually heard about me and my show through my mentor, through our mentor, and that's why he reached out and wanted to be on the show, and I'll be on his show in a few days, so I'm super excited about that as well. Anyways, on the actual episode, though, we're talking about 
some really good stuff, guys. We're talking about my escape from corporate America. We're talking about Paul's escape from corporate America. And Paul likes to refer to his J-O-B or anyone's J-O-B in general as the real world matrix. And we didn't highlight this on the show, but when I think about the matrix and if you're an 80s baby or a 90s baby or a 70s baby, I'm sure you know what the matrix is. And in that movie, Neo was just a regular guy for a long time, living a regular life. And he hated going to work. He hated his boss. He hated his coworkers. He hated everything about his life. He knew he was destined for more. He knew that there was something wrong with the way things were working. It wasn't until he met his mentor, Morpheus, to where his eyes were open and he had a decision to make. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a blue pill and there was a red pill. And if he took the blue pill, he would go back to his normal life. He would not know or recognize the fact that he's being brainwashed or that he's living in an imaginary land or he's living somewhere that's facilitated by people that are actually controlling what's going on in the real world. He would never, never know if he took the blue pill. If he takes the red pill, now his eyes are open. Now he's able to step outside of his current situation, of his current world. He's actually able to go into another world and he sees all of the humans literally being hooked up to machines from birth. And the world that they're living in, that they think they're living in, that they're moving about, they're riding their bikes, they're going to work. All of that is literally taking place in their mind. And now he's in this other world, seeing all these humans that are just kind of lying flat, dormant, not not having any kind of life, not doing anything, but in their minds, they're living life. But in actuality, in the matrix, they're just providing energy. They're just an energy source for the people who are actually aware of what's going on. Anyways, that's a super long analogy, but it rings so true to how we live our lives today or how I lived my life for a long time. And as soon as I was exposed to the things that most people just don't know, that's when things really changed for me. That's when things really changed for Neo. Although it's a sci-fi movie that's, what, 20 years old at this point? Man, when you go back and watch that movie, you'll see so many parallels to real life. It's crazy. Another thing we talk about on the show, guys, is we kind of have a, a masterclass. And again, this is probably like our third masterclass in a row just because we've been giving you guys so much value towards the end of this year just to make sure that your business is set up for next year. But this masterclass is predicated on money and mindset. So we're going to forget about business for a while for this episode. We're going to talk about money and mindset. We're going to talk about your value and what you're offering to others. We're going to talk about some of your limiting beliefs and why you haven't been able to reach your goals. Or maybe you do reach your goals for a short temporary period of time, but you go right back to the rut that you are in. We're going to get you a lot of these hurdles in this interview slash masterclass. So I'm super excited to get into it really quickly. I want to share two of our latest reviews. And again, guys, if you haven't already left a review on the show, please, please, please subscribe and leave a review. All reviews are welcomed. Five star reviews are preferred. Again, I'm not coercing anybody to leave a five star review. I want you to leave your true, honest opinion. As long as you leave a review, give us some feedback so that we can improve and we can have more exposure to others. But the two latest reviews come in from one from Canada and one from the United States. The one from the United States is by Grusula, and Grusula just says, it's an amazing podcast. Episode 73 was wonderfully inspiring and interesting. The review from Canada is from Dahlia Snyderman, and Dahlia says, though I am not an entrepreneur, I still found the insight provided by DeRay and the show as a whole to be extremely useful. You get a combination of concrete steps that one can take to be more productive and financially secure. 
plus some tools for self-reflection. I love that he brings up limiting beliefs and how to overcome them. A great listen for anyone who's hoping to improve their life, whether that be a new job, a new business, or just a new app. Love that review. So guys, again, get your reviews in so that I can give you a shout out on this podcast. Now let's get to the tip of the week. DeRay's tip of the week. Okay, so the tip of the week for this week is how in the world are we going to beat any market that we come across? You know, we've been going strong for the past, what, 10 years since the recession. And I mean, people started getting worried about 2011, 2012, saying that there's another downturn coming. There's another recession coming. There's another depression coming. A year later, two years later, things are still going strong. Things are on the up and up. 2013, 2014, 2015, people are really scared. Like they're, I mean, look, we've been out of this recession now for what, six years and things are, things are good. Things are really good and they just keep getting better. And it's almost as though every single person who invests in real estate is making money. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's a guru and it's a beautiful thing, right? Like the market is good. And then people started getting scared in 2016 and wait, no, Bitcoin is getting popular. And I remember the whole Bitcoin craze in 2016 and I didn't hop on. In 2017, that's when it became like global. And I was just like, you know, even on the podcast, I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. It's a fad. It's a fad. It's a fad. But I didn't speak too much on it because, I, again, I didn't have the intellectual background to even voice my opinion. I know about real estate and what works. So I just kind of stuck to that. And that's kind of the advice I gave to a lot of the people that, that I reach out to. And towards the end of 2017, it just kind of came to a halt. And so many people have lost money in Bitcoin. It's crazy. So many people who I was talking to back in the day who are trying to choose between real estate and Bitcoin that went the Bitcoin route because the money was there. I mean, I saw people that had Bitcoin in their bio, investor this, investor that, and six months later, it was taken down. <laughs> like, it's fascinating, right? But overall, things are still good. We're going into 2019, and not many people have worry on their shoulders. Not many people are thinking about, what well, what happens if the market turns? I'm thinking about that, and you're thinking about that, and that's why you listen to this show. So I'm just like, well, how are we going to prevent ourselves from a cataclysmic death? Like so many Americans, so many people all across the world went through in 2006 and 2007. Well, I'm not here to be a rocket scientist and I'm not here to make things complicated. The truth of the matter is many millionaires and billionaires were made during those crashes. So you ask yourself, well, what did they do? But before we ask what did they do, we must first realize that money is being made in every single market. In every single market cycle, money is being made. So just let that sink in for a little bit. As many millions of Americans who had a terrible time in 2006 and 2007, 2008, there were thousands of Americans who are on top of the world, who are buying real estate, who are buying assets at, at dirt cheap prices at, at 20 cents, 30 cents on the dollar. And they made a kill and they're still making a killing to this day. So if there's money being made in every market, then it's not about really hedging against a downturn, which I think is something smart to do, but that, I don't think that should be the focus. I think we can make it much more simpler than that. We can take it back to the rudimentary basics of investing, of business, of sales, which is buy low and sell high. I mean, that seems pretty simple, right? It sounds simple until you have an asset that's worth 
$100,000 and during the recession, that asset drops in value to 60, to 50, to $40,000. Doesn't sound so simple at that time. It's easy to talk about this now. Yeah, 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 just don't sell low. You buy low and sell high. Yeah, that's, I mean, of course, right? But when you put nuts to bolts and when you put people, emotional people in these actual situations, that's not normally what happens. People buy high and they sell low when they're scared. So again, how do you master any market? You buy low and you sell high. Now, because this is the tip of the week, I'm not gonna go into too much detail on the strategies behind buying low and selling high, but if you just understand that overall, that general concept, buy low and sell high, and actually start finding ways to implement that in your investing journey, you'll be all the better for it. As for lifestyle design, here's another little twist on that. You make money in dollars, so you make dollars, but you spend pesos. So what does that mean? This is the ultimate lifestyle design that I'm looking to get to, if you guys are wondering. You know, I've experimented a few weeks and sometimes a few months, but I'm looking to do sabbaticals overseas to where I'm gone five, six, seven months out of the year. And it's not like I'm on vacation and I'm spending so much money. I'm not making any money because I have a location independent business. I can make dollars and spend pesos. For many of you, this is not the first time that you're hearing about this. I mean, there are so many location independent entrepreneurs who have online businesses, who are Kindle publishers, who are eBay sellers, who are real estate investors, who are freelance writers and and assistants and all this stuff. I mean, the world today is crazy, but you see so many people leaving San Francisco, the Bay Area, leaving New York and literally uprooting their whole life and moving to a place like Thailand. It happens every single day. And if you're not plugged into a community like that, if you're not plugged into resources like that, you will not know that thousands of people are doing this every single day. Some people are doing it for just a year. Some people are creating a whole new lifestyle to where that's their new life. But they're doing this for lifestyle design. They're doing this for natural, for financial freedom. They're doing this to buy low and sell high. They're doing this for what we like to call geo arbitrage. Because if you make dollars and you go to a country like Thailand, a beautiful place like Ubud, like Bali, and you start a life out there, or you go on a sabbatical out there, I mean, we're talking a price reduction of 25%, 50%, in some cases, 60%, 70%. You know, when I want to get a massage, it may cost, what, $50, $100, two, three, dollars $400 an hour when I'm in the States. You go do that in Thailand, and you can get unlimited massages for four bucks, five bucks, <laughs> Same thing with food, same thing with alcohol, same thing with your living expenses. The same amount of money you would spend on a hotel for two days here in America, $200 a night, so 400 bucks for two days. You can have a full-fledged suite for that same amount of money, but you would have that suite for the whole month in Thailand. If you think I'm kidding, look it up. If you think I'm kidding, try it. If you think I'm kidding, just type in location-independent lifestyle Thailand or geo-arbitrage. And you'll see so many millions of Americans doing this and thriving off of this. So how do you beat any market? You buy low and you sell high. And if you want to take it to the next level, start figuring out ways to jail arbitrage. Start figuring out ways to make money in dollars and spend pesos. Now, just in case I'm confusing anybody, which I know I'm not, but just in case, pesos are the Mexican currency, not the currency of an Asian country. 
but that's how the phrase goes. That's how the saying goes. So I don't want you to think you're going to go to Thailand and start spending pesos. You're going to go to Mexico and spend pesos. Again, Mexico is another country that's great for geo arbitrage. So I hope this was a good tip of the week. Now let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. On today's episode, I'm super excited. I am interviewing Mr. Paul Thompson. Paul, how's it going? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. I'm super excited to have you, Paul. I feel as though we have so many things to talk about. I mean, we, ha- we have drawn so many parallels in our, in our journey, and now it's time to kind of share those parallels with the listeners and see where else we align because, I mean, you came from a corporate background. You are a real estate investor. You are a podcaster, and you're doing it. I mean, you are really doing it, and I want to show the listeners and share with the listeners what maybe you're doing today and how maybe they can take away some, some nuggets and some tidbits from your story, but I want to first take it back in the time machine. I want to get the listeners to know, like, and trust you, Paul. So let's take it back. Let's talk about the inception of Mr. Paul David Thompson. And let's talk about what maybe got you started on this path. And, and, and maybe maybe the first book that you read, the first aha moment that you had, that mm-hmm. kind of had you like, I'm in the wrong place. I'm doing the wrong thing. I need to shift my focus somewhere else. Take us back to that moment. Yeah. And there was uh, a moment for me. It was about three years ago and I was driving back from vacation in, on, in, in the beach here. I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas, and we go to Gulf Shores um, on the Gulf of Mexico for our beach vacation most every summer. And on the way back, it was about a 10 hour drive and we had a good vacation. It was a great time, but I just felt wrong. I was, I didn't know why I was so, I was kind of ticked off. I was kind of afraid. I didn't know why. And so me and my wife on that 10 hour drive just kind of hashed it out. I was like, I'm not feeling right. And I finally realized that I was starting to become aware of the real world matrix. I was plugged into this world that was all around me that, and I was a, I was trapped. I, I was a prisoner and I didn't know a way to get out and I just was not, I was not fulfilled. And what I realized and what, what about that made it, made it realize is my kids were wanting to stay another week at the beach. And I just absolutely, I said, Nope, not going to happen. I shut them down. And why did I do that? When you start asking about why did I not allow my kids to do something that I would have wanted to do anyway? It's because I had to go back to work. There was no flexibility. There was no option. Uh, But the only reason I had to go back to work was because I had a job. And what was so ironic about it is I worked in telecommunications. I was working for a company that allowed remote work, but they had a policy that, nope, there's no, you can't extend a vacation to stay an extra week at a vacation spot and work, work from the house or they, they didn't allow it. But the very technology, they made, made it possible. My wife didn't have a job. My kids didn't, were out of school. I had to go back. And that was the watershed moment, the aha moment where I realized that, I had to find a way out. And what I refer to it as is I had to create my escape velocity. I had to put in a lot of work up front to break free from the gravity well of the matrix and then create the freedom that I wanted. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, I, I feel like I definitely and many of the listeners can relate to that. I mean, just having that that crazy aha moment to where you're just like, this doesn't make sense for me. And although it may make sense for a lot of people, I think there are certain individuals out there who just can't cope with the way things are structured. I mean, I think about my situation and what happened to me back in, I, I think it was 2015 as well. You know, I was working for a big four accounting firm. I was working about 70 hours a week. And I remember one Sunday, I got a call from my senior manager saying that I needed to get on a plane. Like, I don't know if it was the next day or in about two days, I needed to get on a plane to go to San Francisco. 
And prior to working at a big four accounting firm, that would have been exciting for me. I was looking forward to all those trips. I was looking forward to every single one of those trips. I love yeah. traveling. Sure. But when I started working at the firm, I realized how dreadful these trips were and how impromptu these trips were. And I went to San Francisco and I was like, literally, I felt like I was still in Houston, Texas because I was working 70, 80 hours a week, Monday through Sunday, not just Monday mm-hmm. through Friday, really long hours, but Saturday and Sunday. And then like, I didn't see, I don't even think I saw like during my the working time, I don't think I saw sunlight maybe one time. Wow. So it was one of those things to where it really put things in perspective for me. Not only that, but I was working with people who, who, I mean, we, just to put it out there, we did not get along whatsoever. We did not get along. So it wasn't the best working relationship. And I got back to the city three weeks later and I was just like, okay, this cannot work for me anymore. Something has to change. And again, it's something that we all have these moments. We all have these stories, but one thing or another or another leads us down this path. So let's maybe talk about Paul. Let's talk about, what you decided to do about your situation and how you decided to get out of the rat race. So I, I knew I needed to create additional streams of income. I was vulnerable. I was a single uh, income earner in a household of four people. And I, but, and that's what's so insidious about it is it's a comfortable enough life, isn't it? It's just comfortable enough that makes you, you, you end up becoming that frog in the, in the bowling water that just gets a, a one degree. But one day you have this moment and you're like, I have to figure out a way to get out of this. And you have to create alternative streams of income that are not associated to your time. So you want to separate this time from money mindset and, and stop exchanging your time for money and actually earn money. So I thought about buying a franchise, creating my own company somehow, but I didn't have any ideas. Um, I, I thought about getting a, becoming an insurance agent so I could have my own business. And everything I looked into, I just couldn't help but fear. I w- feel like I was just buying my, a, another job, another thing that I'd be trapped into, and I'd be right back. I'd be jumping from the fire plant or from the frying pan right to the fire. So what can I do that doesn't require some new idea? And I kind of realized that real estate's kind of that fundamental vehicle that the average person can actually create meaningful wealth and current income without having to have access to tons of their own capital. And so Let I me started ask you really quick. Well, how, how yeah. did you, how did you come to that realization? What, I mean, what was bestowed upon you that the gods just kind of send you an answer? Cause I, mean, yeah, I, point, I remember like, I just want to, at that point, like I was doing research on what is passive. I had no idea what passive income was. Me too. I was just like, people actually live a location independent. Like I was just so blown away by this whole lifestyle. I was just like, this is not real. Like there's a whole other end of the world in which people totally live a a certain lifestyle. And this is crazy. So I started looking at cargo shipments. I started looking at lending club. I started looking at, started looking at any and everything that was under candy, ATM, all of that. that. So so what made real estate viable for you? Well, what, what I realized is that I didn't have to create some new machine. And what's so cool about uh, real estate, uh, especially single family where I started, is it's intuitive to us. It's not tricky. And back to the kind of the original nugget of the question was, what made me think that that, or that I needed to do something like that? And it was, I read a lot of, a lot of books. And you know all the ones that everybody talks about, the four-hour work week, the E-Myth. And I, I had read those for many years. I got an MBA and I, got all, I had all this kind of like knowledge, but I wasn't ever applying it. And I realized that I had to get in the game. And the way I could get in the game was to try in my area to buy a house that was, you know, worth $30,000 or actually I guess it was worth 60, but I bought it for 30, put 10 into it and put a renter in there for 650 in a working class neighborhood in, in here in my town. And that was just one 
little test case of what you can do when you just do a little bit of hustle and research. And so once you buy the first house, you're hooked. It's like popping the Pringle can, uh, the, the, the can off of Pringles. You cannot just eat one chip of, of a Pringle. You end up eating the whole thing and you want more. It's the same way of real estate. It just, you, you get the, the bloodthirst. <laughs> you got to get more cash flow. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I totally agree. And I tell my listeners that all the time, the hardest thing for us to do is go from zero to one. You know, that zero to one is where many people get caught up. And even my clients, like I tell them like zero to after zero to run, it's not like you're home free, but the stretch gets so much easier. I mean, zero to one is that, you know, there's so much of a fear factor. There's so much of the unknown. There's just like this, this daunting. What if I make a mistake? What if I do this wrong? What if I partner up with the wrong people? What if like just so much? And then you realize from zero to one, it's like, okay, well now I have the confidence. Now I have the experience. Now I have the team. Now I have the credibility. I may even have some equity to put into my next deal. So you often see that one to two is so much faster. And again, it's it's going back to that 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 Pringle metaphor. You you get that first one, it's over. So I think that that's. that's a, I mean, we haven't even started our conversation. That's a valuable nugget to take away, guys. Go after that first one. Find a way to get it done. Let's progress down your path a little bit further, and let's maybe talk about twenty, maybe later twenty fifteen, or maybe even twenty sixteen now. And how are you making the effort? How are you, I guess, constructing your plan to leave your job? So I went into it first wanting to do all um, single family rentals. And so I bought something like 18 properties in the first 18 months. And I, I was testing out all kinds of creative real estate theories, you know, do, subject to the existing mortgage, owner financing, lease options, using private lenders. And only later on did I realize that those are all viable, legitimate um, methods. But it, you really need, if you're going to do marketing dollars to kind of get those kind of deals, you really need some sort of uh, chunks of money every once in a while. And so I then started adjusting to where I would do some flips, I would do some wholesale deals. And then I would, my ultimate goal was to build as many rental properties up as possible. But with the, thing, the issue with rental properties at first is it doesn't cash flow just a ton. So you, you have to build up this base and make it nice and sturdy. And you supplement that with either your current income or other avenues of real estate, even being a realtor, if you want to, um, to get extra streams of income, but you're already out in the marketplace doing something anyway. And I'm a big believer in being very focused and but I'm not technique driven what I do is I try and acquire a property and then I figure out how best to monetize that property for my situation I tell my clients the same thing don't be overly technique driven focus on a certain vertical of real estate pick single-family pick mobile home pick up pick um, multifamily whatever your specialty is pick that and then go deep and become an expert in that and know all the tool sets that make sense in that vertical I love that so Going back to failure, Paul, how does failure and maybe apparent failure, how has it set you up for later success? Take us to a pivotal moment in your life when that happened. The failure for me was sitting in my cubicle chair, slumped over like a sack of meat for 15 years, not doing anything. That was my failure. I turned off to the rest of, of the potential of other income streams. I had dreams and aspirations to do something bigger. And I always thought I could be wealthy, but I realized that I wasn't going to be able to do that. That was the failure and the failure of realizing that taking no action is still a choice. And that is the ultimate choice. And you will, if any kind of investment has risk, and if you do something that doesn't get the returns that you're expecting from, that's how you learn. And those are the culminate, those are the pivotal points where you're like, okay, when you buy this kind of property, you got to make sure and account for the fact that there might be, um, like for multifamily, really common mistake people make is they don't 
factor in the utilities. So they're paying the utilities and the tenants are using it up like crazy and the water's not submitted out. That's a huge expense that you need to go into on the front end. But if it happens, you deal with it and you move on. Now you know what to, you create a checklist. Anytime you do something, you just add that to the checklist. You're like, okay, you're going to learn one way or the other. You either go get a course, you get a mentor, you do it in the real world. You, I find the real world oftentimes is more expensive. For sure, for sure, for sure. And I love that. So, you know, you think about the fact that it's those failures that maybe bring us to, you know, bring us to terms with the present day. I mean, you felt like you were failing for 15 years. And once you figured out or once you came to the conclusion that, you know, there's a problem and that you see the problem, now you can address the problem and you can go out and do the things that, you know, maybe more fulfill you or maybe will turn that failure into a success. How long after you decided to go down this path did you, did you quit your job and maybe talk about the plan? Were you in line with your plan? Were you a little bit later? Were you a little bit early? And talk about how that plan changed throughout throughout the process. I love that question, Tori. But the footprint or, or the road the roadmap that people want is if they want to escape their day job because they're unhappy or just want to have the freedom of not having to go to work or exchange time for money, is you have to create a baseline of what you need. So what is your baseline living expenses? So for me, it was $5,000. So I call it pile. I had to create a pile. Passive income is greater than my living expenses. So I started buying properties and I would track what, how much passive income I was getting. And then I, and that was, and that took up about three fifths of my needed income with my current properties that I have. And then I took the subsequent income that I was earning from doing the active side of the business, which is wholesaling and flipping. And I had a confidence that I would be able to acquire deals with my marketing budget and cover my living expenses to something that $2,000. And once I was able to do that, I was at a place where I was going to quit. And an interesting story, I was going to quit in January of 2018 for my corporate America job. I had this vision on, I wrote it out in my vision board, 2008, 2017, I am quitting my job. And as I got closer to it, I realized, well, the company bonus comes out at the end of the year. So I'm just going to make that January 8th. And I'm going to see how the company bonus works out. And then on November 22nd, of 2017, I was laid off. I was given a package, a severance package because I was in middle management. And so it was more than just a few weeks of pay. And it ended up being more than I would have gotten for my bonus. And the company ended up not having a bonus that year at all. So the universe lined up when you, I mean, I'm a big believer in like uh, right here in this room that you can see behind me, I stand here within the Superman pose and I read these vision statements to myself every morning and it looks, it sounds crazy and it's stupid, but somehow it works and the universe aligns up to your deal. So I tell people, write down a big, hairy, audacious goal with super specific outcomes. I mean, down to the dates and down to the dollar figure and down to like envision that it's going to happen and say it out loud. And I don't know why it works or if I just got lucky, but the universe seems to align, line up because you, you somehow you just go and find the solution somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not crazy at all. I totally <laughs> believe everything that, that you're saying. I mean, it resonates with me and I'm sure it resonate with, resonates with our listeners because we talk about this a lot. And I'm just curious because again, our paths are so similar and this is exactly, I mean, everything you just said is literally what happened to me as well. So let's talk. I mean, when, so you, you decided this in, in 2015, correct? Mm -hmm. And I think I'm, I may be a year behind you. I think I started in 2016, not 2015. So I may be a year behind you. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where some people say you need a 10-year goal. You need a 10-year plan to, to be able to escape the right race, achieve your goal, whatever it is, whether mm -hmm. it's Susie Orman or whether it's whoever it sure. is. I mean, yeah, people said there's – and then you get these coaches and consultants and gurus. They're like, no, I mean, three to five is pretty cool, which I think three to five is a little bit more achievable. It's a little bit – 
it's a little bit lesser time frame and then you're able to kind of project a little bit better. But people like me and you, we've, we've been able to do it in, in two to three years. Yeah, it's very and possible. As much as it is about how we constructed our business, it's also the fact that we set that timeline because I think you pointed that out. If I told myself it would take me five years to escape the rat race, every single thing about how I operated in my business would have been projected to take me five years because that's what I put in my mind. Yep. But since I told myself it would take, I told myself it would take me two years. I don't know how long you told yourself. I told myself it would take me two years. It took me 18 months. And it took me 18 months because the rat race escaped me six months before I was ready. Oh, man. It is a similar story. (laughs) (laughs) So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, I said two years. It's 18 months. Am I going to go get another another job for six months or am I going to figure this out? Right. That's what happened to me. So I think we've covered so much in your story, Paul. I want to get to present day. What do you currently do? What's your focus? And kind of give us, you know, maybe first, let's give us a glimpse of your business and how it operates. I know there's different legs and pieces of your business. Give Mm -hmm. us that. And then give us what you do in in these various parts of your business on a daily basis and kind of paint us the lifestyle design aspect of things now that you are an entrepreneur. Yeah, I love the lifestyle design part of it because I tell people all the time that you need to know what enough is. When I first started, my first goal was I wanted 100 single family units. And I was new and naive and green and didn't realize that was crazy. Um, You can certainly do it if you want to, if it's important to you. But 100 single family units is a lot of management. Um, Even if you have property managers, you're you're constantly having to take care of something. It turns out 25 is enough for me. 25 single family uh, properties is enough for me. So that, that is now my foundation of, or the central pillar, so to speak, of my business. And that's the like the, um, and now what I'm doing is I certainly still do deals. I, d- I still market, but I don't go and look at properties uh, that much anymore. Rarely do I go look at properties uh, here. And I invest here in Little Rock. It's local, but I have other people that work with me. Like the, what I do is I bring in people who are younger and are, and are hungry. I have them go out and look at properties and I train them and I show them how to go look at properties. And so, um, and I did that for my own benefit at first to figure out, um, because I didn't want to be driving around all, all over town when I had a job, I didn't have time for it. So I work with other people. I partner with people a lot. Um, and then people started paying me for the advice that I was giving. I would go to a conference or something and people would say, oh, that's how you're doing Podio. That's how you're doing Zapier or whatever. And then that's how you're doing your automation. Can you show me how to do that? And so I would get on a Zoom call like this and I would just show them, um, how, how are you doing this? And they started paying me. And I said, no, you don't need to do that. And they would like pull out the check at the conference and it's like, hand me 500 bucks. You, I'm paying you. I thought I might be onto something here. Uh, so, and I, I love to teach and I love to show people how to do things. So I'm now running a mastermind program and I'm run, and I have a, a course that I have that shows people who are in the rat race or in the matrix, as I call it, a way to break through. And I call it REI pathway. It's your roadmap to freedom. And I want to show as many people as possible how to cross that chasm where 95% of us in the world are sitting over here in this lock cage and the key, we have the keys, but we don't know how to open the door. And we look at the three or 4% on the other side of the chasm and they're like you, they're free. They're going to Dubai. They're going to Europe. They're living this lifestyle independent or or location independent lifestyle design. How do you do that? Well, that's what I'm trying to help people do. I personally don't travel quite the way you do because I have kids and it drives me crazy to travel my kids for too much. But I went and traveled for in the over spring break because my kids school schedule, I went and traveled for two weeks to Costa Rica. It was the first time in my life I was ever able to take a two week a trip without because I always had to go back but within that one week and I had to get as much in as possible. And so we slowed down and we just had a nice relaxing trip in Costa Rica with my kids. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful, Paul. And I think about the fact that we have these restrictions and I was talking to, talking to, I think I was talking to a client yesterday and 
I was telling her, I was just like, you know, it's crazy how there are 365 days in a year, but as a professional, you get allotted 20 days of vacation. Right. 365 days. And I told her this and she was like, 20 days? She's like, where do they do that at? Like, I don't get 20 days. I was like, you don't even get 20 days? She was like, no. I was like, I thought I was like undershooting. I was like, maybe 22, 28. Right, right. No, 10. Like, I don't even get that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like 365 days in a year, Paul, that's, that, that's crazy. Like, you know, I think about being on the other side now and how crazy that sounds to me. But when I was in the rat race, when I was there, because everything that I was surrounded by was, had the same mindset, had the same beliefs I had, nobody thought it was abnormal. That's all you nobody know. Nobody thought it was, yeah. I mean, it, it was just normal. The fact that 50% of my check was going to taxes I mean, that's just normal. Like nobody yeah. even raises, raises a brow. And then you, 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 you find all these, you know, thought provoking question leaders and, and all these people who are like messing with your mind. This is how I thought back in the early days. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> yeah. What is this? And then I thought it was complete madness. And I did more research and I was just like, wow, like this is real. And mind you, I was, a, I was an accountant. I was accounting for some of the biggest real estate firms in the world. And you right. think as a professional accountant, like you would know some of these things, but no, I mean, it's they don't teach the you same. this stuff. <laughs> it's not the same. So no. well, I love this. And, you know, I, I kind of want to continue down the, the, this path a little bit further, but we have so much to talk about in very, very limited time. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about before this call that I wanted to get to is I want to talk about certain strategies. I want to talk about two things. One of which I want to talk about is the five things that the listeners can do today to create a new money mindset, because I believe that you have those five keys, Pauls, and I, and I want to give those keys to our listeners so that they can be on their way. So if you don't mind sharing, are you open to kind of discussing those five uh, things that the listeners can do today to create a new money mindset? Of course, because I think psychology, it's 80% psychology. And if you don't ever get your psychology right, then your actions won't be in line. You'll be over there working like you and I were just a few years ago on the other side of the chasm with 95% of people. So you have to change your mentality. And so number one is that you have to separate your time from money thinking. You do not want to exchange your time for money. You are never going to make enough money or become wealthy if you don't figure out how to make money while you sleep. I love and, that. I love and whether that be real estate or some other business, it doesn't matter. You pick something that's, that, that makes sense for you. I have just found that a real estate is just the way that an average Joe like you and me can actually do it without a ton of money to start with. Yeah, I love that. And, and I want to kind of get into that a little bit further, Paul. I want to kind of okay. kind of give the listeners something tangible to hold on to. So maybe let's even think about that early entrepreneur who wants to maybe do everything themselves because, quote unquote, it may be cheaper. And they're using their time in place of hiring or contracting or outsourcing, whatever the case may be. Talk to that individual and maybe get them to kind of shift their they're thinking. Yeah, they're yeah. thinking to to how this is not beneficial for them in the long run. So that is probably the the I, with my mastermind group that I, that I run. That is probably the issue that I cover the most because most of them are existing real estate investors that have a few properties and they're trying to be a landlord themselves or they're trying to run their back office themselves. They're trying to do their own books. They're trying. To, they're not being a business owner. It's the whole E myth concept. Uh, it's like instead of working in your business versus on your business, you don't work on your become a business owner. What I say is how much value. I'll ask you, Dre. How much do you think your 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 an hour of your time is worth? If you were to yeah. quote it out to somebody, how much is it worth? Thousands. I'll put, I'll put <laughs> 
I agree with you. I, I believe mine is $3,500 an hour. And so it is because I believe that if I were to spend all of my time and energy that, and I could, would put all of my wisdom and experiences up to this point, I could create uh, that much income, which works out to be $7 million a year. If you do, if you do the math at $40, uh, um, 40 hours a week, I don't currently wish I, I don't earn that much, but I don't want to work that much. It's a lifestyle choice for me, but I know that I could. And because I have, when I do work the 10 hours a week that I do, I do earn the, the, the equivalent of that. So what do you have to do in I asked somebody else, if you're a doctor, you're getting the most income or, or larger, but are better because they, they charge about by the hour and they're charging $250 an hour. Well, I don't have a degree or I don't have, a, I have a degree, but I don't have a, a JD. I don't have, a, I'm not a lawyer. And they say, well, how can you charge $1,500 an hour for what, for your coaching that you're doing? And I say, well, because the value that I give to you will enable you to actually earn that much more. But if I go and take that $1,500 an hour equivalent and go and try and work on a house, swinging a hammer, how could I or do it a plumbing fix? And I can't scale that up. What I can do is I can build businesses that can scale or I can buy properties. I can find properties at a discount with have lots of equity in them. That's what you're going to find a difference in if you're trying to exchange your time, not exchange your time for money. If like, for example, when I go on vacations now, I decide I'm going more vacations because lately I, I go on vacation, I come back richer because stuff happens without me being involved when I come back. And I'm like, wow, how did I spend more money than I normally do during vacation? But I came back and I got it. And there's a check here for a, a deal that I forgot was going on because I'd automated it all. I love that. That's beautiful. And I mean, I'm so in line with that. You think about the fact, I mean, again, just growth and looking at my growth, it's one of those things to where... Last year at this time, I was building my first course. I don't have any courses these days, by the way. I have a workshop. But last year at this time, I was building my first course. And I did not believe in my ability. I did not believe mm -hmm. in my value. And I started my coaching and consulting at, I believe, $150 for three different sessions. For and 50 like, bucks an hour, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was how much, and I was just, and even then I was just like, people are not going to pay me $150. Yeah, you doubted your worth. Yeah. I was just like, this is crazy. Nobody's ever going to pay me this. Like, and then, you know, through a, a mutual mentor, he, I went, I went, went to see him in uh, Tennessee and he got me out of that belief and that mindset. And he was just like, Dre, your worth is more, way more than that. My new price was $300 an hour. He, he always, says you double, always double your, your rates. <laughs> and the thing is, the thing is that's, what, that's why I originally, so I entered, I, I, I went to Tennessee and I had the feeling that I was going to double my rates and I was charging $50 an hour. So at the beginning, I got up to $100 an hour. And by the time I left, he got me to commit to $300. $300 an hour, good for you. And even at that, like, I was just like, nobody paid me $150 or $50 an hour. Who's going to pay me $300 an hour? But I kept the faith. I kept going. And through the help of another mentor, I repackaged what is now my eight week workshop. And I was able to increase my prices from, again, $300 to now being able to charge similar to you thousands of dollars. But I wasn't able to do any of this until I decided or I was OK charging what I was actually worth. As soon as I started believing in myself and my worth and started really pouring into what I believe in and how I can help people and how I can change their lives, everything changed. 
Yeah, you upgraded your client base is, is, is one of the things, right? Right, because yeah. there are a lot of people who want everything for free and they'll never do any action. Someone who's willing to invest the kind of money you're talking about, they're gonna take action. You actually change their lives. Exactly, exactly. So we talk about separating time for money and, one of the, and just getting off of me and you for a little bit, just one of the examples that I can think of is let's just say you are a real estate investor out there and you think that you know, you're, you're one of those do-it-yourselfers. I mean, you wanna go around, you wanna be handy, you wanna cut corners, not cut corners, but you wanna, I, I guess in your eyes, not cut, cut corners and go out and, you know, do the things yourselves and fix, you know, your tenants, you know, leaks and all of that. And you think about how much you would charge that or how much you would pay that technician or electrician per hour. And let's say, let's say it's $80 an hour, sure. $150 an hour. So if you take the amount of hours that you spend doing that, as opposed to paying that person, let's just say it's a three hour job, you basically in essence have paid yourself $450. Right. Whereas in that same hour, you know that you're worth 3,500, you know that you're worth whatever it is. So you're basically losing money for every single hour and you're using thousands of dollars for every single hour that you do that job. You're not saving money. A lot of people think that they're saving money by doing that. Right. Actually put a- The opportunity cost is costing you more, right? Exactly, exactly. So I love that. So what's what's number two, Paul? What is number okay. two? When we talk about separating time for money, that's number one. Give us a number, number one. Two. Number two is switch from looking for or searching for building piles of money to building streams of income. So piles of money are okay. They can serve you for a while, but they are not going to make you wealthy. They might make you rich, but streams of money will make you wealthy. And so, because once you build a certain stream, then you just add a second one. You add a third one, you add a fourth one. Really wealthy people have three, five, seven, 37 stream businesses that have streams of income. So as much, because once you build something that, that can make money while you sleep, you, you now have time, you freed up your time. So now go do it again. So continue to build streams of income. And anytime you do something, if you're just getting a payment once, then you, I refer to a wholesaling as an often example of where you wholesale or assign a contract and you get, you know, two, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. When you're first getting started, that's okay because you might need that for marketing budget, but it's your kindling to bootstrap you up. But after you do it for a while, what did you just cost yourself? You just cost yourself a stream of income of maybe $250 a month for the next 30 years. What I refer to as you just wholesaled your future. That upfront income, that, you right. know, that, that commission or that wholesale fee, whatever it is, versus you buying an investment asset. I mean, again, you just, you just touched on it. You can get that $10,000 upfront. You can get that $20,000 upfront. Now, given capital gains taxes is definitely very real. Yeah, it's going to hit you 20, 30, 40%. <laughs> exactly. People don't know that. So take that with a grain of salt. But let's just yeah. say 10K or that 20K upfront. It's one of those things to where you have a family, you have bills to pay. Right. And you know that once this money runs out, you have to go out there and redo this process. You have yeah, to go work it. And there's no gathering. Exactly. Hunting and gathering versus farming. Exactly. And you think about the, the opposite end of that. You think about being a real estate investor and I like to cash flow $250 a unit. So you think about even just buying your first fourplex. Like you think about, you know, do I want that $10,000 wholesale fee today or do I want to buy that fourplex and cash flow $1,000 for the rest of my life? Right. What would you rather pick? And what's, what's crazy is it only gets better with time. We do a pro forma of $250 per unit for that unit right now, but your, your interest rate is probably fixed or is only going to adjust so much. But rents 
tend to keep up with inflation and we believe that inflation is going to go up. Plus you have all the other quadrants of, of, of benefits that we're going to probably get into. You, listeners probably know, but just measuring cash on cash, it's a winning proposition. And most people don't, don't factor in the time value of money. And so I, that's a big, big lesson to learn when you're learning about money is understanding the value of money over time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so what is number three? What is the third thing that we can do today to create uh-huh. a new money mindset? So is understanding that value of money is subjective. So what I mean by that is just because you believe that something is worth something doesn't mean somebody else also believes the same thing. So the way I like to do this to do an example is, uh, Dre, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. And is there a flavor of ice cream that you, that if offered to you, you would not eat it. You, you, it would be repugnant to you. Pistachio. Pistachio, pistachio and bacon ice cream. We'll call it. Yep. <laughs> okay. So what if you had, you were given two scoops of pistachio and bacon ice cream, but I had a one scoop of cookies and cream. Would you do a trade, even swap for swap trade for your two scoops for my one scoop? Every day. Why? Because I value that the cookies and cream, the one scoop of cookies and cream more than I value the two scoops. But I have two, I have two scoops. It's twice as much. That, that seems unfair. I'm not being fair to you. Again, I think that that's more in the eye of the, it, I mean, that person, what they value. Right. Because value is subjective and applies to money as well. Money is just a, a way for, an easy way for us to keep track, to keep track of value. And it is subjective. So when you go to a motivated seller and they're looking to, and you ask them for this really low cash offer for a property that you know is worth more than that cash offer, why would they do that? Well, yeah. because to them, time and expedience is more important and being convenient is more, is more important than the equity they have in that property. They, want, they have a problem to solve now and you're there in front of them with your two, uh, one scoop of, of something versus two scoops of what, what they have over there. But I know how to fix that problem. They don't. Yeah. That's beautiful. And well said. I'm not going to touch on number three any further. I think that you put a ball on that perfectly. So let's, let's jump to number four. What is the fourth thing we can do today to create a new money mindset? Well, the funny thing about money is that you don't actually want money. What you want is what you get out of money, what you get from using money. Okay, I'll do an exercise with you. I could give you the opportunity to change places and you would be like a body swap with Warren Buffett. He's 79, 80 years old, however old he is. Oh, man. But <laughs> he is the richest, one of the richest men in the, men in the world. And you could be in his body, live your life however you want. You don't have to run a your Hathaway if you don't want to. You could spend all the money however you want. You could live a lavish lifestyle, but you're 80 years old. Would you, would you make that trade? No. Why not? Because I value time more than money. That's right. That's right. And you don't want money. I mean, I mean what would you do with that money? You would go and spend it and do something with it, right? So what we want is what it buys us, what, what it does for us. So this focus on I need to be a millionaire or I need to have so much net worth or I need to have so many units is not the right question to ask. You want the lifestyle. You want the, 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 what's, what's valuable to you, which is why I love this idea of your podcast where it's this lifestyle business first. You got to know what you want. And it is not this huge pile of money or big streams of money. You want what those will give you. And when you focus on when you when you focus on getting those results and using your resources the way you want, then that's when you figure out how to get them. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful, beautifully said. And again, this is this is I, I'm writing down every single one of these <laughs> one of those things to where I definitely want to add these to the show notes because the listeners need to take heed of these these principles and, and shifting their mindset because everything starts with mindset. I believe that wholeheartedly. Like there is nothing more important when it comes to real estate investing, when it comes to being on, an entrepreneur, when it comes to I mean, you just even talk about things outside of money, things outside of business. You talk about health and wealth and relationships. You talk about all facets of your life. It all begins with mindset. So. 
when you can shift your mindset, especially in this arena and create a new money mindset, guys, and we're giving you guys the tools to be able yep. to do that. This is, this is beautiful. So Paul, hit us with the last and final shift that we need to create a new money mindset. All right. If you're ready, check this out. I think you've probably heard this from, from our, our, our mutual mentor. You have plenty of money for all the things, all the you, things that you truly want. Really want. <laughs> yeah. Love you it. have Love plenty it. of money. What does of, that mean? That is crazy. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. So if you really want something, if you want something so badly that you, that you would stop at nothing to get it or die trying, you can find the money for it. So what that really kind of boils down to is the ultimate resource is not having money or time or energy. The ultimate resource is being resourceful. Yeah. 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 And I love that so much. I always talk about the difference between having resources and being resourceful. I mean, there have been now uh, close to almost 70 different entrepreneurs or millionaires I've had on the show. And quite a few have come from a foreign land, have came from out of this country, some of which have didn't speak English before they got here, some of which had no money, had no connections. And then you think about the opportunity that we're afforded with, uh, even though sometimes we think we're not, even though sometimes we think that we, we there are certain things that we wish that we had to be able to prepare our, our career for, whatever the case may be, but we're very, we have lots of opportunities. I mean, this is a line of opportunity. And you think about the difference between somebody who says, well, I need money to get started in real estate versus somebody who comes to our country, barely speaks any English, has no money, and they figure it out. And they just find a way, don't they? They find a way because they have to. They have to. Yeah. And they are going to find a way one way or the other. And it, there's a book actually called the, the, the Immigrant Advantage. It's this concept of, or Les Brown would say, is they're hungry. You know, they're hungry. Yeah. They're going to yeah. find a way. And we live in these just comfortable enough prison cells. I like to think of it as we are in this prison cell and they give us a three square meals a day and we can buy Starbucks coffees and it's not so bad, but there's this other side of the river, outside this chasm where there is freedom. But when you go over there, you have to go hunt and kill for yourself. You have to create your own opportunities. And we're afraid to take this shaky bridge, unsteady bridge across that chasm to our freedom because we're afraid we might fall. And my story is that we're not falling into the chasm and drowning. All you do is you fall back to where you were. So there's no reason not to try. The worst case scenario by trying to branch out is that you, your default behavior is you go by right back to where everybody else is. Yeah, I love that. And that's something that I try to put in perspective a lot. I think about, I mean, this is, a, this is something I apply all the time and I hope that the listeners do as well as many times as we talk about it. When you ask yourself things like, if I take this leap of faith, let's just say everything goes wrong. Let's just mm -hmm. completely fail. Yeah. What is the worst possible outcome? That you get a as job. A, as an ex-Big 4 accountant, knowing the things that I know, auditing financial statements, how easy would it be for me to go back and get a job? How easy right. would it be for you, Paul, to go back and get a job? How easy for you guys out there, how easy for, would it be for you guys to go back and get a job, if not a better job, a better paying job than what you're doing now, especially with the experiences as an entrepreneur, especially with right. the experience that you're going to acquire through that failure? How easy would it be to return to your prior lifestyle? I, mean, I agree. Think about what you're risking. I agree. The, so the greatest, the greater risk is doing nothing. Right. Right. Especially if you're unhappy. And I mean, some people just have jobs that they're really happy with and, that, and that's fine, but you still, still should be investing. You still should be investing for your future because one of the greatest regrets of the dying is that they spent too much time at work, that they didn't spend more time living their lives. So I put people through an exercise and I say, you know, what is it that you want in life? What is your ideal life? I mean, if you were designed the life of your dreams, what 
would you do? And nobody has ever written down, I wish I worked more. I love that. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Mr. Paul Thompson, everybody. This has been amazing. I mean, we've gotten so many value nuggets. We've learned so much through your process. We've learned about your upcoming and how you decided and why you decided to become a real estate investor and the ultimate lifestyle design you built for yourself. And we'll still get to a little bit more lifestyle design in the last few questions. But I want to say that, I mean, this has been spectacular. We've talked about the five things that we got with we as listeners of, of what you just kind of preached to us, five things we can do today to create a new money mindset. And Paul, if you don't mind, just quickly run through each of those things and let us know again in a summation, what are those five things that we can do today? Okay. In summary, separate time from money. You cannot make enough money while you are working with your own time to become wealthy. You got to make money, learn how to make money while you sleep. And second is switch from looking from, for piles of money to building streams of money. And the third one is value is subjective. It's the golden, it's the true golden rule when it comes to money anyway, is that whoever do unto others as they would have them do unto them. That's the catch. And fourth is you don't want more money. You want what money can do for you. So think about what you actually want and then figure out the resources you need to get there and know that you have plenty of resources for all the things that you truly want. Lifestyle design acceleration hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? So it is uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. You know all about it, I guess. Good. <laughs> if you haven't read it, anybody listening to this, it is a book that you must go read. It is it hasn't got as much of the accolade I think it, it deserves. It talks to you about your upper limit problem. We all have this kind of success thermostat that when we exceed our this upper limit of, of what we believe is possible, then we self-sabotage. And that's why so many people, I think, are not as successful as they could be because they're not comfortable with being successful. And so he talks about how to find your zone of genius so that when you operate in your zone of genius, you never have to work again. Yeah, Paul, really curious, do you know your zone of genius? Yeah, my zone of genius is not real estate, ironically. My zone of genius is, is empowering as many other people to create their freedom as possible. Nice, nice. How did you how were you how did you come to discover that? I love to teach and everything ever since I was in grade school, I would learn something and I would turn around and tell somebody else because something about that, I love seeing that light bulb moment. And I lived a life where I was in jail, I was in the matrix, and to see that moment in somebody else where the, you see the scales fall from their eyes. That is what makes me the most excited. Love it. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Oh, I like that question. All right. Okay. So I love to automate things. And so uh, Zapier.com is one that I use a lot. Yes. (laughs) I know you, I can tell from your operations that you use it a lot or you use something like it. If then this else is another one. Um, But Zapier tends to have more integrations. And so if you guys don't know what that is, Zapier is just a third party tool that takes a lot of the, these really cool online tools that we all have access to and it connects them so that when one activity in one application triggers, it automatically zaps that, that behavior and makes something happen in another app without you having to be involved. It's automation. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's the first time this has been mentioned on the show. So listeners definitely take uh, check that out. It's beautiful. I use that. Yeah, and you can do like 15, uh, 15 a month for free. And then when you do go to the next one, it's actually very affordable. I've yeah. probably sent, I have a system where I was sending 40 offers a week and it was using Zapier. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, Paul, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> what do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? 
It's the uh, freedom and flexibility to focus on whatever I find the most fun and, f- and fulfilling. So I don't ever want to have to find, or I had to ask somebody else permission to spend more time with the people that I enjoy. So now I surround my people, my myself with my family, with friends, talking to really interesting entrepreneurs like yourself and your listeners. That is what makes me the most excited. So I go to as, I go to as many conferences as I can. I meet as many cool people as I can because I have the flexibility to do so. Nice, nice, nice. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? So that is, I think, the ultimate question because to be successful, you have to sacrifice something. And I realized that for me to break free, I had to first invest in myself. So I went to 30 plus conferences. I listened to every podcast I could. I read every book I could. I watched hours and hours of material on YouTube. I probably, I don't know how much money I spent. I should probably go back and calculate it up. But I spent a lot of money on myself first before I bought any properties. But when I really broke free is when I decided to apply all the things that I actually learned. So once you invest in yourself, then you uh, invest it or apply it towards what you think is right. And then you enrich other other people around you with your knowledge. So I have a philosophy now that I lie every day. So every night when I lie down, it's an acronym. Um, I learned something that, that I learned something new today. Did I invest in the future? I for invest and E, did I enrich somebody else? You know, if I, if I could do all those things, all those things, but I didn't tell a lie, then that day was successful. Mm-hmm. What was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Interesting story. I, I believe in surrounding yourself with people who have done it before. So I'm a real big believer in mentors and finding help is, so you can slingshot or catapult your, your success. And so what I did is in my area, I, I went around and I looked on the, on the website for website for real estate investors who had websites who were local. And I went and found somebody local. And it was about an hour away from me. And I sent him a, a message. All I had was his email address. I sent him a, a message and I said, I want, I need mentorship, but I'll exchange my time, my money, my resources, however I can to help you so that I can learn from you know what you're doing he sent me a message back or called me back up and said i'll be happy to mentor you but here's what you got to do you have to read the richest man in babylon you have to mark it up underline it and you have to write a three-page handwritten essay and mail it to me and that was his criteria to get into his mentorship which he didn't have any mentorship program but he then would tell me okay in your situation i think you should do this and i think i probably wrote 10 essays for him over the over the first two years i was investing and so find a mentor that's who was most influential to me because you have to find somebody who is going to allow you to see further than than your imagination realizes i love that i love that last but not least why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions even though we have every intention of getting to the millions our educational program and our programming that we get in our culture for the most part is flawed and so we lead this life by default versus leading a life by design and until you find that deep-seated emotional flame inside of you that just pisses you off so much and is so powerful that you recognize that you are in prison and you can't get and you have to find a way out that's why you won't be successful because there are obstacles don't ever let us or Anybody else you talk to tell you that this is always easy. There are always going to be obstacles. You have to push through them. And the way you do that is by finding that deep-seated emotional trigger inside of you that says, I will find a way no matter what. 
there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Paul David Thompson. And Paul, you can tell I love calling you David, right? Yeah, go right ahead. Go right ahead. This has been a beautiful interview, and it's one of those that I'm going to have to go back and listen to a few times. But listen, Paul, if the listeners want to get to know a little bit more about you, they want to catch up with you, they want to find out a little bit more about some of what you have to offer and what you're doing, how can they find some of this information? Sure thing. So I have a website called pauldavidthompson.com slash millions. I have a special website just for your listeners, and that there's a free giveaway for anybody out there who wants to go and they want to engage with me and ask me questions. It's out there ready for you to take on. Nice, nice, nice. Thank you for that, Paul. Again, this has been an amazing interview, Paul, and we will talk to you very, very soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit to work with the Before the Millions team, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. That's beforethemillions.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what is your cash flow goal? How much are you looking to make every month? Number two, your personalized investing strategy. And number three, the best way to get started using cash flowing rental real estate. Remember, starting and scaling your real estate investments and business doesn't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We've helped clients all over the world start and scale their investing efforts to six figures and beyond while enjoying life and making the world a better place. To find out if we can help you do the same, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. I'm Dorel Lallier, and let's talk soon.